everybody, it's your girl Angie Clay, and I am back again with another wonderful interview. Today, we're going to be talking to Fran Caesar, and she is a lifestyle and money coach. And you may say, okay, what does this have to do with self-care? But we're going to talk about that today. So we're going to dive right on in, and we know that I love to start the interview with a journaling prompt, just so you can see how easy it is to implement journaling prompts in your day, at the beginning of your day, at the end of your day, to just kind of get your mind flowing or get into the habit of writing in a journal. So I did not prep Fran with the journaling prompt. She didn't have a couple of weeks to write something so eloquently. Um, she's getting it fresh off the um, presses today. So today's journal prompt is unspoken feelings. What is the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear that prompt? Oh my gosh. Hey, Angie, thanks for letting <laughs> me be on your podcast today. So that You're is- welcome. It's actually a scary question because this is my first podcast, the first time anybody's, you know, had me on as an interviewee. And I guess my unspoken feeling would be fear, but I like to flip fear around because fear is the same exact feeling as excitement. So I'm going to say I'm excited, but the fear is the unspoken feeling. <laughs> That's the one that, that I probably wouldn't admit to, just being kind of afraid, putting myself out there, being visible. So yeah. Yeah. And so from that point later on today, you can pull out your notebook and write about how does that look and how can you overcome that? Because I think we all Absolutely. have that. Just even getting in front of the camera, each time I hit like a chord, I'm like, Ugh. right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> if I ever met Beyonce, I'm going to ask her, maybe she's in one of her interviews I just haven't seen yet. What is it like before you walk on stage, her or any other person that performs? Like, right. Um, how right. do you have that same feeling each and every time or does it get easier? I think so. I mean, I think it doesn't matter what you're doing before you put yourself out there. There's always, always that inside voice is saying like, are you really sure? Are you really ready? You know, did you rehearse enough? Could there be one more? And I remember hearing an interview with Beyonce where she, they were saying like, she comes off stage and she's just like, was that okay? And it's like, are you kidding me? Like, mm -hmm. was that okay? Like, you just blew up the Super Bowl, you know? Mm -hmm. But I think it doesn't matter what level you get to, you're always going to be questioning yourself. And the key to success is to just keep moving forward, even if you have the questions. Just keep going, you know? Like, don't stop because you have the fear, because everybody has it. Mm-hmm. Implement, yeah. implement, implement. That's what yeah. I keep telling myself. Yeah, so everybody implement, yeah. implement, implement. Yes. yes. So today we're talking about finances, which I'm like for myself. Oh I'm no! Sure, many people are included. You know, yeah. um, financial is almost like lifting weights at a gym because it takes practice to really get a system down. Um, one of the things I was thinking about with financial, um, I was doing some research about that, um, how it can become a stressor for people. So before we really delve into that, like when it comes to finances, what made you want to like grow a business around money? Like, did you like counting, play money when you were a kid? Did you like, you know, playing accountants? <laughs> um, how did you get no. to this point? Not even close. It actually started from a personal journey that I was on. Like I had a really big smack over the head 
financially um, and I found myself in over $500,000 in debt mm. right around my 40th birthday. <laughs> and so it was like the perfect catalyst for my midlife crisis. And that is basically what happened. I grew up, I was the oldest of three kids. I was actually the oldest grandkid of like 20. So I was the oldest. I was the first. And I was always the good girl, always doing what I was told, go to church every Sunday, you know, pay all my bills on time. I went to school, I got good grades, I went to college, I went to medical school. And I was probably 12 or 13 years into my career as a medical doctor when all this happened. So what happened was um, I got a call. So like my wake up call was literally a call. I got a call on the phone from a lady who said that I was past due and delinquent on my car payment. And I was like, oh, no, 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 that can't be me. Like, that is not, you know, I make a lot of money. I always pay my bills. Like, I do what I'm told. And sure enough, it was true. And what, what ended up um, transpiring after that is that I started looking into my finances. I had never done it before. Um, and once I really looked at everything, I realized that I didn't know what was going on with my own money. I was leaving that to other people to manage. I didn't have any personal power around my money. I didn't even know how to manage money. I never budgeted because I was, I had this job that was very demanding. And I always felt like because it was so demanding, because I worked so many hours that I could buy what I want, you know, I'm going to be able to pay it off on time. And I just had this wake up call that was like, you really don't have any power around your money. And it just kicked me into this this whole spiral that was really a midlife crisis like i was i was literally feeling like the clock was ticking my life away and if i didn't get in good shape that i would have to work for the rest of my life to pay these bills you know i my kids my kids at the time i think were like one years old or two years old and i was like they're not going to know how to manage money because i'm not going to teach them you know i don't know what i'm doing and so what i ended up doing was really educating myself I was listening to podcasts. I was listening to Audible. I was using a calendar because I used to, I've always like made planners and stuff. So I was using this calendar to try to figure out my bills and understand what was going where. And it ended up becoming this, this huge like planner that was just for my money. And I had affirmations in there. I had before then, I didn't even know what affirmation was. Like I was just, it, I was making up as I went along. And I really didn't have anybody to teach me how to do it. My family didn't know how to do it. And so what ended up happening is that it became like my budget book. I called it a budget diary because it was part budget and it was also part like what you do is journal. I was keeping track of what I was changing, <clears throat> excuse me, what I was changing in my finances month by month inside this same document. And so it ended up becoming like part diary and part money book. And um, it was funny because um, Michelle Rohr, who we both, we met through Michelle Rohr, was the first person who made me really think that I could help other people by sharing this book that I made. And, you know, if you know her story, she helped people after she created the Ultimate Life Finder and other people were like, well, I want to get my life together too. And so it was the same concept. I was listening to that podcast and I heard her saying, and I'm like, that's what's going on with me. Like, I want to help people too, because at that time in my life, money was so private. Nobody was talking about money. And now, thankfully, things are opening up. But at that time, nobody was sharing their finances. Nobody was telling me how to do it, how to save, how, you know, what to spend on. And I just thought, like, I can't be the only one. 
I may be the only one talking about it, but I can't be the only one who's struggling trying to figure out how to pay off all this debt, how to live a life that means something to me. And so that's when um, I decided to turn the budget diary into a product that I could sell and share with other people. And then the coaching grew around that because it was like, well, if I have the document, I need to teach them how to use the planner. And so it started off like that. And um, it's been so much fun. So we got out of debt and now I quit my job. <laughs> like I quit my job and it's not like I quit my job because my business was going so great. I quit my job because it wasn't the job for me. You know, I was, I had a lot of debt because I was medicating the fact that I was unhappy with shopping and with spending and I was not performing good self-care for myself. And so I was just burdened. Right. So when I really started to realize that I can make a business out of helping people get out of debt and I had gotten out of debt myself, you know, I was like, let's do this. I want to do this full time. Mm-hmm. So correct me if I'm wrong. You left your job during COVID. May 15th. May 15th was my last day. Wow. So that speaks to, you know, that's a big old gold star. That's like the, the Grammy of leaving a, a job that you could walk <laughs> right. away, you know, cause COVID right now is a very, I mean, it's, it's a scary time for many people. People are losing their jobs because they not that they want to leave or they plan to, but that's right. really amazing. So congratulations for Thank you. your goal. Thank you. That's very commendable. Thank you. So very nice. Thank you. So let's talk about connecting, um, financial stability with self-care so mm-hmm. how does that work right so I I was one of those people who really did not believe I thought self-care like the whole idea of self-care was like this bad you know it means you get a manicure and a pedicure and oh good for you right like <laughs> I wasn't one who really practiced that even though I was telling my patients, you know, to take more responsibility for their own health. You know, like, here's what you can do at home. Here's how you can change your diet. Here's how you can, you know, be more hydrated so you don't have to come back to the hospital so often. But I personally wasn't doing what I was telling other people to do. So I was really burning out. Um, So for years and years, I was just getting more and more burned out. But then I learned that it was actually a term, self-care was a term that originated in the hospital in the 1950s as they were trying to transition people from being in the hospital to being back home. They wanted them to be more independent, get up, move around, like all that, all that stuff. And that's pretty much what I also believed in. And so when it came to financial self-care, that, the, the way that I put the two together is that when you have your self-care, you are taking responsibility for your own wellness. You're not putting the power of your own wellness in the hands of a doctor who, trust me, that is not the goal. You know, the focus of medicine is not to keep you well, it's to treat you when you're sick. So you gotta take the power back for your own wellness. When it comes to finances, you have to take the power back for your own financial situation. You know, I, when I was in debt, I was letting everybody else make decisions for me for my money. I was constantly asking other people what I should do, what, you know, and I had a financial advisor. He was taking a cut. Like there were so many um, ways that I was giving my financial power away. So I finally realized that what I had been doing was financial self-care probably just a couple months ago. 
when I realized how free I felt, like I felt so relieved, so free, so just like light and unburdened. And I was like, oh my goodness, what I do with my money has impacted my overall stress level. And it's all based on taking your power back, realizing that it's up to you to control the wellness that you have around your money. And one thing that people really don't um, realize, because I didn't, when, you're, when you have a lot of debt and you have a lot of bills and you know high overhead, you don't even feel how stressed out you are. You don't, even, you don't even understand how it affects every single decision you make every day. But it's not until that weight is lifted that it's like, oh my gosh, you know, I remember the first time I went to work after I had paid off all the debt, mm -hmm. I felt like I was sitting in a meeting and I felt like I can actually speak up. Like I can contribute to the conversation because if they fire me, I don't have any bills. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm good. Like I can speak up in the meeting because I'm not afraid of being fired. You know, I, I didn't even realize how much I was shrinking down and not expressing myself and not being myself because I was so afraid, you know, I needed this income, I needed this job and all this, these other kind of feelings that we don't even realize we have until they're gone. And then it's like, oh, this is what it feels like to breathe, you know? Yeah, that's so true. People are trapped in jobs yeah. or can't step into what they really want to do because they are pull back because, oh, they might not like me or I'm going to get fired exactly. or I'm going to get demoted or whatever. So that's so true. I didn't really think about it that way. Exactly. Um, one thing I came across in my reading about finances is that, and you can tell me how you feel about it, that when people worry about money, they and take that energy and feel resentment and feel like I can't afford it or they feel regret over something that um, they purchased, that they really pull themselves away from being present. Yep. they're not really fully like living like now they're either living in the past or they're mm -hmm. living like in the future but worried about like i have not <laughs> it's so. so true yeah it's very true and we all have like this um i shouldn't say we all but most of us have this really like negative relationship with money it's just a bad relationship where we know we need it it affects everything we do every day but we just have this negative feeling about it that like it's harmful or it's, it's not, you know, it comes and goes too easily. And we, we have that energy, we're carrying it around. And it's really hard to have a good relationship and to manage your money well when you have these negative feelings. And it's, it's very true. It's really, you know, it's really difficult to, to function because money is all around us. Like we use it every day. You have to, you have to, to survive. But if you have negative energy around it, then it's basically affecting every day, all day, right? So. Do you think that comes from people trying to keep up with the Joneses? Mm -hmm. You know, they always look at yep. what this person has and then they want that thing. And so then they're like, even though they can't afford it, they're like, I'm gonna figure out how, and then that becomes the focus. Yeah, part of it is, I definitely was like that. And I wasn't, I'm not even the type of person to, to be like that but part of it is and for me it was it was two things it was like this american dream type situation where it's like you gotta check all the boxes right mm -hmm. you know go to school check you know get good grade check get the career buy the house get the dogs have the husband get the kids and i checked all the boxes and i was miserable i was like this is not you know i had all this debt from all these things that i thought i was supposed to do 
-hmm. And um, it wasn't, that wasn't the life I wanted to live. And so um, I wasn't so much trying to keep up with the Joneses as I was being the first grandchild, the oldest child. I was trying to make sure that my family looked up to me because I had like this responsibility to get all the things that nobody else could get. Like I was the first one to go to college. Mm -hmm. So it was like expected and it, they may not have even put that pressure on me, but I put that pressure on me because I was like, Oh, okay. Now I'm the doctor in the family. I'm the first one to go to college. I better have this, this, and this, you know, I had this huge house, huge house. Why did I have the house? I have, I need all that space. I need five bedrooms. It's just me. And then um, we, you know, then we moved and we kept that house as a rental house. We had another house that had four bedrooms and it's just me and the twins and they were toddlers. And so we had three bathrooms. They were in diapers. And it's just me. I'm like, why do I have three bathrooms? I don't even want to clean all these bathrooms, you know? <laughs> and so it was like, before I had that wake up call, all this stuff seemed necessary. And then afterwards, I was like, hey, we don't need this to be happy. We don't need any of this. So we sold everything. And I moved to an apartment. I live in an apartment with my husband and my kids. We are happy. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's just, it's like the best place that I've ever lived. I feel happy. I feel safe. I feel calm. And I'm like, all these years, I've been stressing myself, trying to do what? Trying to impress somebody, trying to impress people that, you know, don't have to live here. You know, and even with the big, the big house that I had, I was working all the time. It's not like I was throwing these elaborate dinner parties. Like we, yeah. we didn't need all that space. And I think we do a lot of that. You know, we do a lot of that in America. We feel like, you know, if the bank is going to let us have such and such amount for a mortgage, baby, let's get every penny and let's get the <laughs> biggest house we can get. And let's, you know, fill it up with a bunch of stuff that we don't want to clean or declutter or dust and all of that stuff. And it was just so stressful, just carrying the weight of all these things. And so when I got rid of them, I was just free. I was like, I feel so light and so free. Mm -hmm. That's, um, thank you for sharing that. Cause yeah, we all start to accumulate all these things. And I realized that when I went and spent a couple of weeks in Mexico and then I spent um, two and a half months in Ghana and like the things that I worry mm -hmm. about here, like it wasn't even a worry. Like I barely even really checked my social media. Like I checked it to like check in mm -hmm. with friends and stuff, but like the intensity, that I had right. here was way, way different. And I think that's why yeah. I know, especially in the States, it's such a big push for minimalism and, you know, people mm -hmm. trying to like declutter and, and get rid of uh, things because it's just been so woven in the fabric of must have, yeah. must have. I was on a plane one time and there was a movie, I don't know if you've ever seen it. I can't even remember if it was called The Joneses. It was a movie and it was a family that moved in the neighborhood and they had the best house and they had the best mm -hmm. car. But in the mm -hmm. end, they, they actually worked for a company. So everybody would see them. The kids would go to school with the best clothes and everything. And then the kids at school would be like, oh, I want that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I saw them like, playing. Oh. It was, um, I think it was the Joneses. I think I'm going to have to look it up Joneses. now. Yeah. They're like affiliate marketers for like. Yeah. <laughs> and they move into these very, um, you know, high-end neighborhoods. And then they would have the best car. And then the neighbor would see it. And he was like, oh, I want it. And then he would go get it. But meanwhile, yeah. like their pocketbooks could not hold it. Oh and, my God. But, they, you know, okay, sorry people if you haven't seen the movie, but getting yeah. spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in the end, you find out that they actually work for a company and they move them mm -hmm. into these places so that they could sell their product. Yeah. You wow. know, and I'm like, wow. I was like, yeah, I really opened my eyes to like just 
exactly my life in general like how i spend yeah and exactly yeah yeah i think that one thing i've been talking about a lot in my group lately is core values you know you have to know yourself because if you know yourself and you know what your core values are then it's easy to say yes and no to these other temptations because if something aligns with your core values that's a that's a quick easy yes like yeah i do need to buy that but if it doesn't align with your core values, then it's easy to say, I don't need a Lexus. Why do I need, I've had so many BMWs. Why do I need a BMW? Like, I don't need BMW. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. that, that's just not me. That's not my personality. That's not something that I value. But because it was like all the other cars in the doctor's parking lot were this, that, the other. And it was like, well, I guess I need a BMW. And then it's like, when you really step back and look at it, that's not necessary. Right. And so if you know your core values and you know who you are, it's much easier to have more control over your finances and not be swayed by what other people are doing. Mm -hmm. Very easy, you know, to live like that way. Mm -hmm. So when a person hears you say core values and how to connect that with purchasing, can you give us an example of a specific uh, core value that a person can use that as they say they want to buy something? Sure. So one of the best examples since i've been talking about my own situation is freedom i realized that freedom was a core value for me and i realized that after i got free because before then i was so clouded i couldn't even, I, you know i didn't know but once i was free and i felt the burden lift i was like this feels really good so freedom is one of my core values i have seven but um the way that looks as far as purchases is if I, if I value my freedom, meaning I value not having to pay bills every month, I value, except for, of course, you know, your utility bill, your rent, you know, the ones you have to pay your water bill, that kind of thing. But I don't have any other bills. I don't have a credit card bill. I don't have anything. I don't have a car note, any of that. If I value my freedom as far as financially, then am I going to go out and trade in my, my Honda and go get a new truck where I have a car note? No, I'm not going to do that. So if I see, and the sun is moving, so <laughs> that's enough for lighting here. But if I keep trying to adjust the umbrella, but I'm like, okay. But if I see somebody else, the Joneses, right? If I see the Joneses going out and getting a new, you know, car, and then I kind of feel that twinge of, ooh, that's nice, you know? But I'm not going to go out and get that because my core value is freedom. I don't want to have a car note, right? And living in this apartment is the same. We can go out and get a new house again. We have the money saved. We can go out and get a new house, but I value my freedom. I want to move. We're moving to Miami next year. I want to be able to travel. So I don't want to have a mortgage. I don't want to have a property that I have to check on, right? And then even when you take it down to smaller purchases, you go in the store, right? You go in any store, Walmart, whatever, you know, and you see all these little things and, oh, that's cute. Or you go to, you know, Macy's and you see these clothes and like, oh, that's nice. Well, that's more stuff that you have to bring into your house, right? And when you're ready to move, when you're ready to, you know, even cleaning, do you want all this little stuff around your house cluttering up your house? No, I want to be free. I want time freedom. So I don't want a whole lot of clutter in my house that I constantly have to maintain and keep up because freedom is my core value. And I want to be able to sit back, put my feet up and read a magazine, right? I don't want to have to be burdened with extra stuff to do. So when I'm out in this, and I use this every time I'm out in the store, I mean, now we're not so much, but even if I go on Amazon, <laughs> you know, and I see something, I'm like, Ooh, I want that. And it's like, do I really want that? Cause that means I have to do more laundry. Like, you know, and so, it helps me to say like, is this going to support my value of being free or is this going to give me something else to do? And it really makes a huge difference. 
That's nice. Yes. I'm a book junkie. That's the yeah. one. <laughs> and I was trying to think, oh, the tablet would be would be helpful, but I just like the feel of a book and marking and oh. yeah. Yep. So I do both. I, I do both. I had I had a whole wall of bookshelves in my old house. And when it came time to move, I had to give away a lot of books. I had to sell a lot of books. You know, they don't give you a lot of money back for books, but these were like my heart. Right. And so that was a real wake up call for me because I kept the ones that really were important to me. And then I, I got um, digital books. But like you said, you know, I love the feel of the pages. And so now if I'm going to buy a book and knowing that it's going to cost a lot to ship a book across the country, right? It's going to cost a lot to have all these heavy boxes. Um, using my core values of knowing that I love learning and teaching and books are important to me, but also freedom. So it's kind of like, what's the balance there? I have most of my books in my library are on audio and then, or like, you know, the tablet. And then the books that I really, really treasure, I want to have them in my hands and write on them. I have them in my house, but I know in the back of my mind that at any moment, if I have to give this book away, I can give it to somebody I know will really treasure it, or I can give it to somebody who really needs it. So it's like, it's like being, loving your things, but not being attached to it. Mm -hmm. So it, it's like a whole other level of personal development where it's like, I can release anything. Like I came into this world, buck naked, I can leave, you know, <laughs> if I have to give away all my possessions, I am okay with giving them away, even though I love my books. If I have to give them away, you know, I have to. So it's kind of a, it's a, a dip, deeper level of, of owning things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because we I, don't own anything. Yeah, you don't. And then you, yeah. like you said, when you leave the world, you leave with nothing. And that's why I love thrift storing and like going to thrift stores mm -hmm. and buying clothes. Like the stress was nine dollars beautiful you look amazing and i love your hair oh thank way. you thank you <laughs> covid um <laughs> you know but That's i a think kind of freedom too right i know right yeah <laughs> i keep saying i want to grow it out and then my friends are like you sure you want to grow it out don't you feel free to keep saying don't you feel free don't you feel free because right. it was a whole nother level when you grow out natural curly hair yes. um, oh my gosh. but i always think I love buying things at the thrift store because when it's time for me to like get rid of it or sell it on marketplace mm -hmm. on Facebook, it's like, and then the person's like $6. I'm like, yeah, okay. $6. Exactly. <laughs> like I didn't exactly. really have this investment. Um, exactly. I didn't pay yep. 200 for it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. That is so true. Awesome. Yep. Well, how can people find you if they want to connect with you? And then tell us about the beautiful, uh, generous gift that you gave for people who are watching sure so i am easy to find because i have a um, private facebook community and i'm constantly inviting people in there because it's amazing i am coaching every day of the week in the midlife vibe tribe um you don't have to be 35 40 years old you don't have to be in a midlife crisis to be part of the group it started from my midlife crisis but you don't have to be at that stage you can be at you know the beginning stages and just want to kind of get things off on the right foot um, you don't have to be in midlife, but it is called Midlife Vibe Tribe. Um, also, so if you want to come in there, you'll see me. I'm live every day. I don't have any plans in the foreseeable future of not coaching in that group live every day. Um, we talk about money. We talk about creating a, a home that supports your desires. And we talk about productivity, like all the things you need to create your best life. That's what we do. Um, and then... I did, uh, I sent you a link, I guess maybe in show notes, you can give the link, but there is, I created a PDF 
download. It's a workbook guide. I call it a workbook guide, but it's really like what you do. It's like journal prompts. It's mm -hmm. kind of like, yeah. there's some information and then there's some questions where you can kind of, you know, free text and kind of think about, you know, your own situation, but it's called, um, five tips to establishing a financial self-care routine. And it's, um, it's available on boldworldplanners.com. And there's a link specifically to that page that I gave you. You can probably link, but it's uh, boldworldplanners.com slash financial self-care routine. And that is free for you to download and print out if you're that kind of girl or use a tablet and write on it. But by all means, definitely work through the actual journal prompts and write, even if you write in a notebook, write down your answers because there's power in writing it down. Mm -hmm. Yes, right, right, right. I'm telling you, I've been writing since I was a kid. I wrote in everything, yeah. all my mom's books, even yeah. uh, we had some old pictures and I flipped it over and I was like, why did I write on the back of the family picture? <laughs> yeah, me too. Like a lot, like a novel. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you don't stop writing in the encyclopedias. I don't know. I was uncontrollable with the pen. You did not want to yeah. give Angie Clay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we must be twins. Me too. I remember a teacher telling me, like I had written in a textbook. Uh -huh. And he made me sit there in front of the class and erase every mark that I made in that whole book. And I was just like, he does not get it. Like, what's wrong with him? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you're supposed to take notes in your book. Exactly, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yes. So now I make planners. So there you go. Like, there we go. Exactly. You can write it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Fran, for taking the time to come and speak with us. You were full of knowledge. Thank and you. So appreciate you sharing it with us. So. Thank you. Yes. So everyone, um, all the information will be in the show notes. You definitely can co connect with Fran. You definitely want to, if you were thinking about finances and making this a part of your self-care routine, um, definitely when you worry about finances that pulls away from your self-care, the self-care is healthcare, right? Mm -hmm. And so you definitely want to take care of yourself in that aspect. We've seen how um, finances have been detrimental to relationships. We see on Dateline 2020, people have right. killed other people for money. Like finances is a very powerful thing and it can be um, a force for good or bad. And so of course, mm -hmm. when it comes to self-care, you want it to be able to be in your life, to be an aid to helping you maintain um, goodness in your life. So we want to thank you for tuning in thank and we will see you later. Thank you, Fran. Thanks. Bye. Bye.